Welcome to Alpha and Omega Ministries International. This ministry is committed to bringing apostolic alignment and restoration of the values and principles of the Kingdom of God to the body of Christ. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by the Word of God. Okay, as you may recall, we have begun a study, a series of studies entitled realizing the value and the importance of the Word of God in our lives. We have already done two sessions and today we're going on to part three. It is such a huge subject when it comes to teaching and studying the value of the Word of God. We left off last week, if you recall, and you were with us last week, We looked at Hebrews chapter 1, where Scripture says that Jesus upholds all things by the word of His power. Now, we can look at that verses of Scripture once again. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, beginning with verse 1 through 3. Hebrews chapter 1. And we're going to read verses 1, 2, and 3. Who being, speaking about Jesus, the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person, and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins sat down at the right hand of the Majesty on high. If you notice, underline those words, upholding all things by the word of His power. Scripture tells us that all things, including our very own lives, are upheld, in other words, held up, or held together by the Word of God, by the Word of His power. If we desire to be held up by the Lord, and to be lifted up in God's eyes, and in the world's eyes, as people who are blessed, people who prosper in every sphere of life, then we need to value, we need to honor, receive, and practice the Word of God. That is the only way we're going to be held up by the Lord. And I said to you last week that God wants to um, portray us or show the world what it means to serve God and how blessed are the people who serve the Lord. He wants to put us in a showcase, so to speak, where people of the world can see when God pours the blessing upon His people. But in order for us to be upheld by the Lord, we need to give the honor and the value the Word of God deserves. So, the blessing of the Lord follows the door of the Word of God and not just the hearer. Now, if there's any area of our lives that we are defeated in, any area that we struggle with constantly, 
It's because that particular area of our lives is void by the Word of God. What do I mean by void by the Word of God? It means that we're not practicing the Word of God in that area of our lives. For instance, our marriage is upheld by the power of God's Word and the grace of God. So if our, if we want a marriage that is blessed by the Lord, that is held up by God, then we need to study what God's Word says to married couples. For instance, it says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her. That's the Word of God to husbands. And then he goes on to say, Husbands, live with your wives according to knowledge that, God, that your prayers may not be hindered. And so it is with wives. Wives, be in subjection to your own husbands. Honor your head and be submissive and helpful as a person who is alongside, comes alongside the husband to be his helpmate. So, our marriage is upheld by the Word of God. And if we're struggling in that area, then we need to examine the Word of God, whether we value, whether we honor, whether we practice the Word of God in that area of our lives. Our relationships, both at home and elsewhere, are upheld by the same Word of God. Our work, our business, our finances, all of these things are held up and held together in divine order by God's Word. Even our physical being is sustained by the same Word of God. So we looked at last week the very fact that we were born of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. You remember that verse we read in 1 Peter he says that you were born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the Word of God which lives and abides forever. So here is a tremendous blessing. And we need to celebrate our new birth. We were born of the Word of God. And God's Word says, His Word will live and abide forever. Therefore, we will live and abide forever in the Word of God and in the presence of God, if you are born of the Word, or born again, as we call it. And we are also upheld and sustained by that Word. Not only are we born of the Word, we are upheld by the same Word of God. But there is more. Scripture says that we were also brought together in covenant relationships by the Word of the living God. There was a time in our lives when we were like dry bones, lifeless bones, isolated, disconnected from any meaningful relationships, without hope and without purpose in life, scattered across the nations. God the Father saw us in our state of hopelessness, in our state of despair, and in His great mercy, what did He do? He sent His Word to us, bringing us together and giving us life in the Spirit. 
Pastor, where do you find that in the scriptures? Well, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, and we will see how beautifully the prophet Ezekiel describes our condition before we got saved, before we got born again, before God touched our lives. It describes it so beautifully that we were like dry bones in a huge valley. Ezekiel 37, chapter 37, verses 3 to 7. Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel, chapter 37, and beginning with verse 3 through to 7. It's a beautiful picture here. And um, the Lord is having a conversation with prophet Ezekiel. He takes him by the Spirit, and he brings him into this huge valley in a vision, and this valley was filled with dry bones. And he said to me, Son of man, have you found the Ezekiel 37? If you have, raise your hand. Thank you. Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Underline those words. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Now the bones came together, supernaturally. They were drawn together and connected together in the rightful place by the supernatural power of the prophetic word of the Lord. This is a beautiful picture. What a revelation the word of God gives us. First of all, it tells us that we were born again by the word of God. It also tells us we were upheld, and we are upheld by the word of His power, but it also tells us that we were brought together in godly relationships by that same word of God. Every person, now hear this, I want you to listen carefully. When the bones heard the living word of God, they began to move. And supernaturally, they found the right position, the right place where God designed for them to belong or to connect with. Now, every person that has come into covenant and relationship with this ministry has done so because of the Word of God that was delivered, that was preached through the mouth of this ministry. They heard the Word of the Lord that proceeded from this ministry, 
And as a result, they were supernaturally drawn to this spiritual family. There's a beautiful testimony here of a woman by the name of Anna Spiros. She's still a vital member of this ministry in Newport, Ritchie, Florida. Thirty years ago, this past June, she heard one of my messages that I preached in Zimbabwe 30 years ago concerning the Word of God. When she heard that message, a supernatural attraction or a voice said to her, I want you to write to this person and invite him to the United States, and if he doesn't have the money for the airfare, I want you to send him the fare because you need to connect with this person. She didn't even know what I looked like, who I was, but she heard the voice of God through the ministry of the word that was proclaimed from this pulpit. You know, 30 years have come and gone, and she's still with us with her husband, Steve Spiros. Of course, Steve went home to be with the Lord two years ago, but she's still walking faithfully and being part of this spiritual family. And I have witnessed, when we did the the interviews with the various people in Florida and in Gypsum, their testimony was the same. What is it that attracted you to this ministry? And almost everyone said, the Word of the Lord, the ministry of the Word, the teaching of the Word, the proclamation of the truth uncompromised Word of God. That Word has the ability to supernaturally bring us together in covenant relationship. Isn't that amazing? And let me say this. I will, if the Word of God was not the reason that you were brought to us, but you came because of some other reason, I seriously doubt whether you will stay with us. I want to repeat that statement because the Lord gave it to me this morning. Three o'clock in the morning, I was up meditating and studying the Word. I couldn't sleep. I want to say this. If the Word of God was not the agent or the reason that you were brought to us, or to this spiritual family, or to this ministry, but you came because of some other reason, I seriously doubt whether you will stay with us. That's how we can know that God led us together, that God brought us together, and God joined us together because it was the Word that was proclaimed that that empowered us or brought us and attracted us to this spiritual family. Now the disciples said to Jesus in one of the most critical times of His ministry, when everyone was leaving the Lord's ministry, Jesus said some hard words, and people could not digest them. He said something like, uh, you know, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, in John chapter 6, and eat His blood, you have no life in you. You recall that portion of Scripture? 
And people just got offended. They stumbled at that word. And they were leaving Jesus' ministry by the droves. So the Lord turned to his disciples and he said to them, Do you also want to go? Do you know what their answer was? Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. You see, when they heard the word of God, they were sold out, the disciples. They burned the bridges. There was nowhere else to go for them, but only forward and onward and upward. And so the disciples say, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So the disciples held on to Jesus when it was not easy to do so for two reasons. Number one, they were hungry for the uncompromised Word of God. And number two, they knew Jesus had the words of eternal life. Are you listening to me? God's Word is so precious. Let me also say this. And it's important that you hear these statements. The same word that draws us to Jesus and attracts us to the Lord Jesus or to a particular spiritual family is also the same word which often causes us to stumble and walk away from the Lord. You see, the word is like a two-edged sword. It separates people. Amen. It separates you from the world. It separates you from lukewarmness. It separates you from playing games with God. Either you get on board or you don't. Amen. Now, we leave because we stumble at His words. And let me give you an example. Remember the rich young ruler? who came to Jesus kneeling down, said, Good Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? You recall what Jesus said to him, Keep the commandments. He said, Well, Lord, I've kept the commandments from my young days. I'm a believer. And Jesus looked at him, the Bible says, and he loved him. And Jesus identified the problem in this rich young ruler's heart. His heart was not at ease. He has not come into the rest of God. He knew there was something missing in his life. So Jesus looked at him in a wonderful, loving way, and he said, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven And come, take up the cross, and follow me. But, Scripture says, he was sad. The rich young ruler all of a sudden became sad at at Jesus' word and went away sorrowful because he had great possessions. And let me say this. God has a way, folks, of identifying the areas of our life that prevent us from growing up spiritually, that stump our growth in the Lord. God has a way of identifying those areas in our life 
that causes us to remain outside of God's best for our lives. He then, what does the Lord do? Because He loves us. He wants the very best for us. He then proceeds to give us His Word in relation to those areas we desperately need to be free, either from ourselves or from worldly influence. God is not going to close His eyes and pretend that He doesn't see those things. Amen. God is leading us on to maturity. God is leading us on to perfection. We come to the Lord just as we are, but He does not leave us the way we are. He begins to disciple us. He begins to instruct and to teach us the wisdom of God, the ways of God, because He wants us wholly to Himself. He does not want our hearts to be divided. He does not want us to have secret idols in our lives where we worship things, material things, money, possessions, power, prestige, titles. He wants our heart wholeheartedly. He is Lord of our lives. And so He proceeds to minister His Word to us, especially in those areas where He knows we're struggling with. Now we can do one of two things. We can either submit to the word he gives us and be free or resist the word and walk away sorrowful and continue to live in bondage. It's our choice. Have you noticed that Jesus did not run after the rich young ruler to say, hey, hey, come back, come back, (laughs) let's negotiate, Let's, let's talk it over, you know. He let him go. Why? Because he was not ready to receive the word. And sometimes we ministers of the gospel need to understand that not everybody is ready. Not everybody is ready to receive the kind of word that we preach. So we need to leave them and pray for them until they're ready. Are you with me? The rich young ruler was a slave to his wealth. That was the problem. God is not against us having wealth and riches. Absolutely not. Because the blessing of the Lord, the Bible says, makes one rich and it adds no sorrow to it. When God blesses you with wealth and riches, there is no sorrow attached to it. When the world gives you that, it's filled with sorrow and heartache and pain and manipulation. But when God blesses you, there is no sorrow in it. So the rich young ruler was a slave to his wealth. His dependence, his security was rooted within his possessions. And Jesus wanted to set him free. Jesus knew that he needed to be free from this love of his wealth. And so, otherwise he would not be able to fulfill his God-given destiny... He would not be able to fulfill the the call of God on his life. And he would not become the man that God intended him to be. So Jesus offered him actually, listen to me carefully. What Jesus offered him was the deal of his life. He just couldn't see it. And so often we walk away from the Word of God, we walk away from those who bring us the living Word of God, because we just can't see through it. 
Why do I say that Jesus offered him the deal of his life? Well, let's examine for a moment what Jesus offered him, what Jesus asked him to do. He said to him, sell what you have, give to the poor, and, notice, you will have treasures in heaven. In other words, what Jesus was telling him was to transfer his wealth from earth to heaven. That doesn't mean he was going to walk away poor. No, 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 no. Listen to Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 17 so you can clearly understand where Jesus was going with this young man. We're going to, don't just read the word. Read the power within the word. What did Jesus offer this man? When he said to him, sell what you have, give to the poor, you will have treasures in heaven. And Jesus didn't say you can't touch any of it until you go to heaven, because we don't need treasures in heaven, we need the treasures here on earth. Hello? When you go and deposit your money in the bank, you can also withdraw those funds anytime you want. Are you listening to me? Proverbs chapter 19 verse 17 says, this is, this is the wisdom of God, the word of God says, He who has pity on the poor lends to the Lord and, notice, and He, that is the Lord, He will pay back what He has given. And let me say something to you, when God pays you back, <laughs> He doesn't pay back the way he, you gave it to Him. You remember when Jesus asked for Peter to step into his boat for a while to preach the gospel? And Jesus lo- and, and Peter loaned him, loaned the Lord his boat. After he finished preaching, what happened? They fished all night, they couldn't catch anything. So the Lord said to him, throw your nets on the right hand side. They caught so many fish, almost the boat sank. They had to call the partners to help them. Uh, offload that catch. How did Jesus repay him? Let me say this to you. The Lord Jesus said, No one who gives a glass of water to one who is called by my name and shall not receive his reward. So, look at Proverbs chapter 28 and verse 27. Listen carefully and study these scriptures for yourself. Proverbs 28 Verse 27, he who gives to the poor will not lack, but he who hides his eyes will have many curses. Let's go on. Turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. What are we doing? We are looking at what Jesus offered this rich young ruler. The deal that Jesus offered him. Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, verse 29 and 30. So Jesus answered and said, He's answering to His disciples now, because the disciples said to the Lord, Lord, we have left everything and we followed You. What are we going to receive? And Jesus answered and said, Assuredly I say to you, there is no one who has left house, or brothers, or sisters, or fathers, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, 
Notice houses and lands are included in that. For my sake and the gospel, who shall not receive how much? A hundredfold return now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. What was Jesus offering this rich young ruler? A hundredfold return on his investment. Not only that, but he was offering him apostleship as well. Who would be the best candidate to take Judas Iscariot's place when he fell? The rich young ruler. You know, Judas was the treasurer. And so you see, Jesus offered him apostleship as well. He said, come, take up the cross and follow me. He was the most suitable candidate to take Judas's place. We need to understand, folks, we need to have a spiritual mind, not a carnal, fleshly mind that thinks like the way the world thinks. That's what Jesus is after, to transform our way of thinking through the Spirit and through the power of His Word. We need to see things the way God sees things, the way the Scripture, the Word sees things. We need to understand that when Jesus gives us instructions from His Word to obey, no matter how ridiculous, no matter how impossible it seems to our natural mind or our logic, it is always for our own good and our own benefit. God is not out to take from us. God is out to bless us. God is not out to hurt us. He is out to pour His blessing, His grace, His mercy and anointing upon our lives. As long as we love and obey His word, we will stand forever. But sorrowful, this young man walked away because he didn't know. He couldn't see through what Jesus was asking him to do. And he was bound. And I don't know whether the rich young ruler later on, he repented, he came back. We don't know. Scripture doesn't tell us. But it's so sad to see people today walking away from the living Word of God because they want to do things their own way. They don't want to be free. They're comfortable where they are. And the Word of God has not come to make us more comfortable. He has come to bring us into a state where we realize we need to change the way we think, the way we walk, the way we act, and get in line with the principles of God's kingdom. So, our influence in Christ as we love and obey His Word will continue to grow and advance and multiply. So you see, the Word of God not only brings us together, But the Word of God, very often when it comes to us, that's why we need to examine our hearts. You know, when I was just a young, young believer in the Lord, I don't know, I I suppose unconsciously I was led by the Spirit. I would take a piece of paper and I would write down, because I wanted, I wanted a starting point in my Christian walk. I wanted a starting point in my discipleship with the Lord. And I wrote down, 
What am I? Who am I? I I am a born-again believer. I love the Lord. I have a relationship with the Lord. And then I wrote down, I am a husband to my wife. What does the Word of God tell me about this? What does God instruct me to do as a husband? Then I wrote down, I'm a father to my children. How or what does the Word of God instruct me concerning my children? And I would find all of these verses of Scripture that related to my situation as a husband, as a father. And then I went on to write, I'm a businessman. I ran a business. I was not always a pastor or a preacher. And so I am also a member of a local church that I am part of. And I wrote everything down. And I went to the New Testament to discover how can I be discipled and what does the Word of God say concerning all of these areas of my life. And believe me, I camped a long time onto those portions of Scripture that relate to the husband. A, 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 A. You know... (laughs) The scripture doesn't just say love your wife. It says love your wife as Christ loved the church. Now that's huge. How did Jesus love the church? He laid down his life for his church. He sacrificed his ego, his pride, his stubbornness. Everything in, everything in us as men want to rise up. We want to be the boss. We want to be, I'm the head of this house. You do as I say. That is not love. That is not exercising influence. God is love. So I had to study and pray for many, many, many days and continue to do so. Lord, help me. Help me to be the kind of a husband that you want me to be. Then when it comes to parenting, I'm a father. What does Scripture say about the fathers? Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but nurture them, teach them in the fear and admonition of the Lord. Hallelujah. So this is how we disciple ourselves in the Word of God. As a businessman, I would agonize over, now, what prices do I put on my goods? What percentage do I put on my goods? How can I walk as a businessman treating my members of staff the way that I should treat them, the way that I should walk towards them? All of those things, the Spirit of God will highlight His Word to you and will give you His wisdom and His instruction how to live as a disciple of the Lord Jesus. As long as we love and obey His Word, we will stand forever. We will grow. We will continue to advance and multiply our influence in the Lord Jesus. And so we need to pay attention to the Word of God, folks. And we need to value and honor that Word. How do we honor it? By putting it into practice day in and day out. Amen. Are you still with me out there? Praise the Lord. Now, His word has been advancing over 2,000 years, non-stop. No one has ever been able to stop the word of God or to stop the ministry of the word despite the persecution through the centuries and the opposition the word has faced. So my word of encouragement to you today, 
Let us therefore continue to build our lives on the Word of God. Continue to obey the Word and we will indeed have the honor of being called the disciples of Christ. Do you know there's a difference between a believer and a disciple? There's great difference. And Jesus explained the difference in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verses 31 and 32. Turn with me to the Gospel according to St. John, chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. This is what the Lord said. Jesus said these words to those who believed Him. So how many of you believe in the Lord Jesus? Amen. We are believers. We're born of His Spirit. He says, If you continue in My Word, then are ye My disciples indeed. The key word there is continue. And you shall know the truth, And the truth shall make you free. If you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And the result, you will know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So a disciple is one who continues in the words of Jesus. He remains in the word. He lives by the word. And as a result, he gets to know the Word of God in an intimate way. Knowledge of the Word brings freedom and liberty in the Holy Spirit. You shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. The opposite of that liberty and freedom is captivity. And Isaiah says, in Isaiah 5 and verse 13, Therefore my people have gone into captivity. Why? Because they have no knowledge. Why do they have no knowledge? Because they did not continue in the Word. they in and out. they up and down. they hot and cold. That's why I say that we need to realize the value of the Word of God. Jesus said, Man cannot live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We live by the Word. We are sustained by the Word. We are led and guided by the Word. The psalmist said, Your Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. So, people go into captivity, not just any people. God says, My people. We are His people. My people have gone into captivity. Why? Because they have no knowledge. Why do we have no knowledge? Very often because we do not value or appreciate or practice the Word of God in our lives. Knowledge of the Word is the key to prosperity in every sphere of life. And you know, may I say this? I know in my heart, I know deep down within me, if I was not faithful to the Lord in the little things, if I was not faithful to the Lord and His Word where He says, Husband, love your wife. Father, do not provoke your children, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. If I was not faithful to the Lord in my business, And if I did not succeed and prosper there, I seriously doubt whether the Lord would release me and commission me into His ministry. 
And so many people want big ministries today, they want to do great things for God. But God looks for faithfulness before He promotes anyone. God looks at your life, young man, young woman, middle-aged man. He looks at your life. He looks at your, your attitude at home. He looks at how you treat your wife, how you treat your husband. He looks at how you raise your children. The Bible says if a man does not know how to govern his own house, how is he going to govern the church of God? And today we have many people, their houses are in disarray, they're in disorder, yet they pastoring huge churches. Hello? Are you out there or are you gone to sleep? Let's be faithful, folks. Faithful in the little things. Amen. Amen. Let's be faithful. God promotes faithfulness. He wants to see faithfulness in the little things. Do the things that you know God has instructed you in His Word to do. And later on, He will take you further and further and cause you to grow and expand your sphere of influence in the marketplace, in your business. And people will see that the blessing of the Lord, that the anointing of God is upon your life because you obey and value the Word of God. Hallelujah. And let me just um, just conclude here by saying, and I want to bring another, another value which the Word of God brings into our lives. Knowledge of the Word of God brings faith into our hearts, and faith is the currency of heaven. You may want to write that down and remember it. Knowledge of God's Word brings faith. The faith that God has, the God kind of faith, comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing. Oh, don't say, well, I know what the Bible says. Well, just because you know that doesn't mean you practice it. Hello? I like steak. I will eat it as often as I find it, as often as I can get it. Just because I ate steak yesterday or last week, that doesn't mean I'm not going to eat it again. So the word is the same. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. We need to hear and hear and hear and hear. And last week I gave you some of my testimony, what I did when I realized that the mission that God had given me was greater than the faith I had. So what I did, I built my own Bible school, my own library. I purchased teachings by other men of God. I purchased books and I devoured the Word of God day in and day out. And in a matter of a few months, my faith grew and I was able to undertake that godly assignment that God has given me. And I've been going ever since. And so you have your own assignments. But you begin from where you are. You are a husband. You are a wife. You have children. You are in business. You are employed. Or you are an employee. Study and meditate what God's Word says. You are a member of a spiritual family. Study your responsibilities. 
Be faithful in the little things and God will begin to promote you little by little by little. But faith comes by hearing the word of God. And faith, as I said, is the currency of heaven. Hebrews 11 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. We can do nothing or accomplish nothing that is worthwhile in the eyes of God without faith. And the greater our assignment from God, the greater our faith needs to be. Hallelujah. Amen. And so I want to end my message here today. We're going to pick up next week. But I don't want to give you so much. I want you to begin to even study during the week. You know, hear the word again. We, that's why you put the word on podcast. And we, we'd love to keep it there so for your own benefit to listen to it. Give attention to the word. And so that your life will be blessed. Realizing the value of the word is a great blessing. In fact, you cannot measure it by monetary terms. And so I want to pray for each one of us and each one of you who have logged on to the webinar today that the word we hear will become life and light to us, folks. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your precious word. We thank you for that very word that brought us into the kingdom of God. We were born of the word. Thank you for your very word that holds us up, upholds us, lifts us up away from the hustle and the bustle of life, from the cares of this world. It puts courage into us. We are held up and we held together. Our families are held together by the living word of God. But also thank you that that very word has brought and joined us with other believers in covenant relationships. Pray that you would teach us and admonish us how to value these relationships, how to pray for them, how to invest in them, and grow in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I pray that the word which was spoken by my mouth today, and I decree and declare by faith that it will not return unto you void, but will accomplish that which you please, and it will prosper in the thing whereto you sent it. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and blessing in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen and Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources and more information about this ministry, come and visit us at www.alphaomegaint.org.za.